Hello there, and thanks for joining me on the podcast today. Zoom education. Some people call it online education. People call it a variety of names, and some maybe not very complimentary. But going to school by Zoom, that's the experience of kids today. Now, we've been doing this long enough for kids to have an opinion, for kids to have an experience, for teachers to have an opinion, for teachers to have a set of experiences, and parents likewise. We all have our opinions. I have interviewed a number of parents, a number of teachers, a number of students in the last two or three weeks, just to kind of get a sense of how this is going and some of the issues and some of the problems that are associated with this Zoom education. Kids don't like it particularly, although they're adapting to it and going ahead with it. Kids have become so accustomed to going to school in the fall, in August, September, not going to school is a disruptive experience for them, let alone trying a new system altogether known as Zoom education. So kids have tremendous um, challenge to meet, and students, I mean, and teachers have a tremendous challenge to meet, as do parents in terms of scheduling and being there and being available and being a support system and being helpful and making sure that the educational process is a successful one for kids. Now, here's one of the issues that uh, is important in Zoom education. It's called sleep patterns and waking up patterns. You know, kids from the summer stayed up late. And usually by going to school in the fall, they're prepared to start going to school. I mean, start going to sleep earlier and being up early and go to school. Well, now that's not the case. Many kids wake up and immediately roll into Zoom education posture without even getting dressed or brushing their teeth or eating their breakfast or whatever it is. They sleep in to the last minute and often because they're not going to school in the morning, will stay up late. So parents, this is your responsibility to make sure that whether school is in real life or it's in Zoom form, kids need to get to bed on time early and get up on time early and be prepared and ready to start their educational experience for the day on Zoom just as they did in going to a classroom. Now, some parents don't take that as a responsibility, unfortunately, and many parents do. Many parents go off to work and leave it to the kid to get up and be at school on time and have his school uh, Zoom process in place, ready to go. So sleep patterns have become a very definite definite problem for kids, and it's one that teachers struggle with, and as well as ones that parents struggle with. But it's the parent's responsibility to make sure that child is school-ready, is Zoom-ready at 8 o'clock in the morning when school's ready to kick off at 8 or 8.30 or perhaps 9 o'clock. So parents, that's your responsibility. We know that kids have a lack of physical activity. We know that kids have a um, lack of social activity, social involvement. As a result of that, some kids are lethargic. Some kids are more depressed. Hard to get them motivated to be ready for Zoom education first thing in the morning. So parents, watch for this. Watch for the fact that kids don't have enough physical activity. They need physical activity. Want to call it gym or physical education? Fine. But they need physical activity day after day after day. And kids need peer experience, peer contact, social involvement, connection. And it's your responsibility as a parent to see that they have those kind of connections. They can have them within the family. They can have them within the neighborhood. They can have them within their church. They can have them within their social group. They can have them in their neighborhood or whatever. But make sure your kids are socially connected because if they're not, there's a tendency towards depression. Kids can be as depressed as adults and as older people if they do not have adequate social you know, connection. Be careful on that one. It's 
parent responsibility. Teachers, here's a word for you. Kids pick up your mood. Kids pick up your level of arousal, your level of excitement, your level of discouragement, your level of stress, your level of anxiety over this Zoom teaching format. Research shows that under stress, you produce what is known as a um, cortical measure, cortical level. It's just kind of a blood level that reflects stress levels. And research has shown that kids in the classroom mimic teachers' cortisol level. The cortisol level is mimicked by kids. In other words, they have about the same. So if you're under stress as a teacher, kids are feeling the stress in you and experiencing stress within themselves. If this is an overwhelming experience for you and a highly stressful experience, get some help for it. Talk to other teachers. Have a therapist. Have somebody that will help you figure out ways in which you can do your teaching under less stressful circumstances and conditions. Okay? Now, that's important for teachers important for parents and kids kind of just when a teacher gets kind of excited and anxious and nervous and out of line just kids just say speak up and say come on just calm down here just calm down and uh maybe that is all the teacher need is a kid to give them a little bit of a warning and to calm down now what we want to do in the educational process through zoom is make sure that children not only learn academic skill topics learning process but that kids learn how to express themselves under a variety of circumstances and situations obviously in the classroom we want teachers and we want kids students to speak out but under zoom condition we want them to speak out as well some kids will speak out more under zoom than they will in the classroom some kids will speak out less But what we want to do in the Zoom process is make sure kids are comfortable to speak out, to ask questions or to make comments or to enter into a discussion, into the dialogue. Zoom is an excellent way to do that. It's one of the advantages of Zoom. Less kids are nervous when they're speaking on Zoom because they're just speaking in their own home than when they are actually in a classroom in front of other students. So take advantage of that. Parents, encourage your kids to participate. Encourage your kids to speak. Encourage your kids to insert ideas or questions or respond to issues and respond to questions and enter into the discussion, into the dialogue. Make sure that that Zoom experience is a full. A kid is not just sitting there watching like a television screen. We don't want that. We want the kid to be an interactive child. It's an interactive process. Teachers rely on that. Teachers want that. Teachers encourage that. And you as a parent encourage your kids to be as interactive as they possibly, you know, can. So that's that's important uh, when we talk about the education through the Zooming process, okay? Now here's another particular thing that you have to keep in mind as a teacher. Kids are experiencing loss. They've lost social contact. They've lost personal contact. They've lost person-to-person contact. They've lost the contact of touch. They've lost the sense of feeling between two people, you as a teacher and they as a student, or between peers. In other words, this isolationism because of the COVID-19 has affected our kids greatly, and probably the same way it's affected many teachers. There's loss there. When there's loss, there's depression. When there's loss, there's trauma. When there's loss, there's feeling of isolationism and aloneness. And um, we don't have opportunity to validate our feelings. We don't have opportunity to validate our thoughts. We don't have opportunity to validate our creativity, if you will. We don't have people who are immediately in contact with us that can validate us in these kinds of ways. Zoom education is carried out in the context of a sense of loss that kids have experienced and teachers have experienced. 
and perhaps parents have experienced to some degree as well. They've lost routine. They've lost touch with individuals. They've lost that sense of person-to-person communication and feeling and exchange of ideas and exchange of of, uh, feelings. So understand that, teachers. Understand that there's a sense of loss there. And help kids be encouraged. Help kids pick up that loss and compensate for it and find ways that you can help kids interact and connect with each other. Some teachers have found a, uh, a talk time is a good thing to do. Just a talk time. Just a time when you as a teacher kind of maybe ask a question, promote some kind of a discussion, and then you fade out and let kids talk to kids like table talk. You may if you can divide them into two or three small groups of five kids each, fine. If you can't, then maybe the whole class, no matter how large it is, 20, 24, 25, but introduce talk, table talk time uh, so that kids have that chance to interact with each other. That's a social interaction thing that's very important, but also to respond to a particular issue or a particular question or a particular experience it might be. I mean, you might just ask a very lowball kind of a question, you know, related to something they did this particular weekend that they'd like to share with the rest of the class. It might be a much more of a challenging kind of a question in terms of why are certain things important? You know, why is it important to treat other people morally? Or why is it important to treat each other with respect? Or why is it important to treat each other with empathy? And how do you learn empathy? And how do you express that? I mean, it can have a variety of kind of questions from very simple to very complex but get kids to talk table talk time is a good way to take a break in the middle of the day and just give the kids that freedom of expression if you will so i exercise i would urge you to exercise that particular uh, technique and that particular uh, program in your educational process as a teacher get them into circles get them into table talk situations and then encourage them and then reinforce them and reward them and thank them and praise them for participating in that kind of conversation now one of the other things that's important in zoom education and this primarily is that for parents parents you listen in and sometimes you don't agree with what is being taught sometimes you have opportunity to kind of have think about things differently you have your own point of view. Do you and do you insert it? Do you say anything? So you need to find out from your teacher what your teacher's policy is. Does your teacher want you to participate and enter into the discussion? Or does the teacher want you to talk to the teacher after school, so to speak, after the Zoom lesson, share your points of view, and then maybe be scheduled to talk to the class on your particular point of view that you wanted to share with your with all the kids of something that was being taught or said in the school. Parents, this is your opportunity to monitor the teachers. Are they teaching in a politically oriented manner that you can support? Or is there, are they teaching in a politically oriented way in which you feel is contrary to the best interest of your children? You need to speak up. You need to but you have to find out from the teacher how you want how the teacher wants you to be incorporated into that discussion. When you have something to say. Now today, I talked to a young kid, grade 7. The one thing that he wanted to share with me was that he was very upset when students in his class, in the Zoom class, 24 of them, started cussing. And there were one or two kids that cussed more than anybody else. And the teacher didn't do anything about it when I inquired about the cussing with this kid and how it bothered him and how it was done and what the teacher did and so on. The teacher did nothing, said nothing about a student cussing. So I said to the parent, okay, if the teacher is not going to speak up about that, then you need to speak up about it as a parent. You need to have a talk with the teacher. Let the teacher know that your 
child is upset and is bothered by the cussing in the classroom and ask the teacher to deal with that issue and correct that issue. Now, if the teacher refuses to do that, then you go to a higher level of authority to the principals and maybe even up to the Board of Education. You want to at least start with the teacher and let the teacher know that your student was distressed over the cussing in the classroom and ask the teacher to curtail that. Interact in a manner that teaches all the kids that cussing is inappropriate and wrong, particularly in a formal setting such as a classroom setting, whether it be on Zoom or not. So parents have a role to play. You can listen in and you can learn. You can listen in and you can monitor. You can listen in and you can correct. You can introduce ideas that might be helpful and corrective, but you have to work through the teacher. And you have to have a relationship with the teacher. You have to have a building, bonding relationship with the teacher to be able to do that. So you're not just a passive learner or a passive observer. You're not just in the background. You, If you want to be part of the learning process, then find out how that can be done with a teacher in question of your particular kid. It works well, but you need to figure out the process and use the process so that you're satisfied and that the problems and issues and anxieties and the concerns of your student, your, your own child, is addressed and addressed appropriately. So there you are. Those are some of the things about homeschooling, Zoom schooling, computerized schooling, or whatever you want to call it. But we are in a process now of making this work. So we have to learn together. We have to commu- communicate with each other. We have to consult with each other and make sure as parents and teachers and child We're working together in this process. Zoom gives an opportunity for the parent to play a greater role in the educational process than has been the case before. You have to go to school and find out what's going on. This way you can just listen in. So teachers are a little bit more guarded. Teachers are a little bit more concerned about what they do and say and think it through a little bit better, and that's fine. But you as a teacher need to be open and honest with your kids and be open to parents and their concerns and include the parents in the learning process and bring them into the classroom situation. Have them talk on Zoom on some topic that they can share with you and share with your class. Parents have a lot of skills. Parents have a lot of experiences. Parents have a lot of background that they can bring to the classroom, bring to the learning process. Incorporate parents into the learning process. Ask parents to let you know what they have done and what they have studied or what they've experienced in life that might be shareable with your particular class and to help you as a teacher. They can come in and be part of the learning process. Include parents. Don't exclude parents. That's a sign of a good teacher. Don't be intimidated, but be inclusive. Okay, nice to have you with me, and thanks for uh, for joining the uh, podcast today. And I send you to my website, www.booksbyhedberg.com. There's a number of books there for you. Certainly the one, Doctor, Teach Me to Parent. I recommend that for you, and um, have a good day. Bye for now. Mm-hmm.